Dude, that was epic. Wasn't something people were saying in the ni- in 1995. They definitely weren't saying it about Best Picture winners. The epic genre had gone out of fashion with the Academy in the 80s, when more traditional dramas like Rain Man and Driving Miss Daisy had begun to win the highest award. Mel Gibson, famous anti-Semite and possible Anglophobe, changed that when the second film he ever directed won the prestigious prize. It fits all the requirements of the epic genre, focusing on a heroic figure, vaguely historical, and way too long. This film was a huge hit, gaining 10 nominations and 5 wins on top of its huge commercial appeal. I mean, it revitalized tourism in Scotland, the land known for... fields? (laughs) This year, uh, the years that followed saw several epics win the best picture. Titanic, Gladiator, Lord of the Rings. All of these are great, but none of them fall into the list of movies that Empire Magazine calls top 10 worst pictures to win best picture. That's right, we're continuing down the line of regrettable 1990s best picture winners. This, This week, with Braveheart. I think, I think my mom was just better than I'm allowed to be angry at the Virginia Brady. Are you ready for a war? This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I'm joined as always by... I'm Mark Wellington. You know, some men are longer than others. Oh, Jesus <laughs> and Christ. I'm Chad Oliver, and has your mother been talking about me or telling stories about... I, I, Chad, I, I promised I wasn't no gonna, I promised I wasn't going to do it, and I did it. It's out it there. Bad. It's out there. It was bad. It was, it was very bad. This movie's uh, Scottish. <laughs> Great Scott. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's Back no. to the Future, you idiot. Well, great Scott. <laughs> I'm a great Scott. <laughs> I'm God, not Scottish. Why? I'm not a great Scott. Yeah, um, you're also not, hey, not great. Cody, hey, so what are we th- doing here? Th- 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 this is Best Pictures. So the way that this podcast works is we are trying to find the movie, the best movie of our lifetimes. And we do that by taking it year by year. We each have a pick for our favorite movie of the year, then the Academy has a pick, and then the Razzies have a pick. Even though we don't like how Razzies do things, we still let them have a pick. Um, This this episode, it's the Academy pick, and they picked Braveheart. They did. Um, Um, Hold on. What's up, Cody? There's a... Sorry, there's a knocking on my door. I have to... uh, Oh, yeah. It, yeah, let, I didn't hear anything, me, but maybe uh, in post production it'll be. Uh, no, yeah, um, I'll go. I'll go get it. Hold on. Okay. But where Cody? I guess Cody's gone. I don't know. Is he? Yo, you guys want some fucking burgers? Uh, um. Well, no, I just I ate it. Yo, eats or... yo, wait, is this the podcast? Is this, this a podcast? Is a, this is a podcast. Yes. Yeah. Uh, who... Hi, I'm I'm Mark. Okay, what's up, Mark? How are you? I'm I'm good. Who? Uh, can yeah. I ask who you are? Yeah. <laughs> You don't know who the fuck I am? Look at me. Uh, I, uh, you appear to here's be Here's some burgers. Angry. It comes from my family restaurant, motherfucker. Look, look here's the thing. This is an uh, audio medium, so I can see who you are. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm letting you uh, say your name for the How about the you audience, put this though? burger in your fucking mouth and you tell me who I am? Um, well, yeah, hand the, hand the burger here. I'll, I'll put it okay, in my mouth. Here's your fucking burger. Eat it. Mmm. Mm. Mm, yeah, that, mm, that is a tasty <laughs> burger. See, that's a pretty good burger, yeah, right? That's a pretty good burger. Almost as uh, good as my performance as Cade Yeager. 
I held a fucking sword. Do you guys remember that? That wasn't nominated for any Academy oh, Awards. Oh, Wahlburgers. <laughs> got it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Mark Wahlberg, okay. yeah. motherfuckers. Okay. Got it. Got oh, it. Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I honestly knew it was Wahlburgers from the beginning. Uh-huh. Donnie and Mark look too, too alike for me. You want to say that to um, my fucking face? So, so Mark. You look just as handsome as your uh, gorgeous brother, Donnie. Donnie can eat shit out my asshole. Um, <laughs> Don't talk about Donnie here. We're not talking about the Sixth Sense, motherfucker. We're talking about Saw, movies that Saw two. I like. Okay? Look, I like Saw and Saw 2 to some extent. Donnie's only in, in one of those. Anyway. He's in Saw 2, right? He's in Saw 2. <laughs> okay. So, Marky Mark, your, uh, your accent's yeah? slipping a little bit. No, other Marky I'm not Mark. doing an accent. Um, <laughs> so, my accent. Wahlberg. My accent is just put on for movies. It's called acting. You ever heard of it? Yeah. Like, I've... I just have a slight one, and it's not very good. <laughs> no. It's not. It no, really I agree. isn't. Uh, so, so Wahlberg, uh, usually on these Academy yeah. episodes, um, mm-hmm. uh, the Academy will send a representative to talk about why they picked this movie. I'm assuming that's oh, what happened here. Oh, yeah, shit. The Academy you? That makes oh, so much fucking did... sense. They handed me, they were like, hey, we want to take these burgers to this location, and we right. need you to tell these boys about the movie that they want to talk about. I stopped listening. I don't know what now, movie you guys are talking about. Do you? So we're talking about Braveheart. Do you know oh, Mel Gibson because you're, both, cause you're both famous racist alcoholics? <laughs> no, that's my dad. Wait. Mel Gibson is my dad. That's I'm why sorry. they sent me for this movie. I um, love Braveheart because Mel Gibson is my dad. Oh, Mark, you, right. Uh, right. In Daddy's Home 2, Mel Gibson plays your dad. You know that he's not your actual father, right? Hey, Chad, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Your name's Chad, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm assuming Chad. we've I introduced did. ourselves. Yeah, I introduced ourselves. I forgot. It doesn't matter. So. <laughs> well, you seem to know the podcast and the format when you came in. So I, I know it pretty you, well. You listen, right? Yeah. Daddy's Home 2, a.k.a. Best Movie hey, 2017, can I hands down. I, n- I never got a, a burger. Here's your fucking burger. I handed it to you. I can't help you if you don't help yourself, bitch. Oh, wow. That's uh, um, anyway, a little demeaning. To can help me if I can doesn't go. fucking matter. I need you guys to listen to me. Yeah. Okay. I was in Daddy's Home 2, a.k.a. Right, yeah. Sophia Coppola's favorite movie of 2017. Is that a real she thing? She has good taste. <laughs> It's kind of a real fact. She really liked the first one. I'm assuming she likes number two because it's twice as good. Why wouldn't she? Twice as many daddies. Exactly. So anyway, I was on the set with Mel, and Mel became like a father to me. And I was talking to him, and he was like, listen, if three little assholes from wherever start talking about my movie on a podcast, you have to represent me. Forgot about that completely. Then I started hanging out at the Academy. <laughs> they handed me a plate of my famous burgers. I'm opening a new Wahlburgers chain inside the Academy. That's why I was there. They handed me the burgers and they said, now is your time, Mark. And I was like, okay, fuck, I gotta go talk to Optimus. I'll grab the sword. I mean, I think when they say it's your time, I think it's time to save the world, not hand these fucking ingrates burgers. But I did, so you, I'm you know, here. You're so. throwing out a lot of lot of hateful speech uh, about these two people that invited you into our podcast, and um, I'm not here for hey, you. I'm here Mark, for this movie, which is Braveheart, aka best movie in 1995, according to this piece of paper that I have from the Academy. Mark, I have a question for you. Um, it's your time to talk now. That is what a pause is for. Right it is that, for you guys to talk. Has, now that he's taken a father figure in a role, do you call him Mel Gibb Dad? You are the, you are the <laughs> Mel Gibb son. 
I guess you could say that if you want to be fucking hacks about it. In, in Daddy's Home 3, is Mel Gibson's daddy going to come and be a part of it? No, it's about our kids, you idiot. But Three generations. But your kids are so wait, in your the kids entire trilogy so far. By the time, yeah. We're going to wait 10 years doing an Indiana Jones 4 and have, sh- like, we'll have our kids be you, older. You and, you and your well, daddies Indiana will have Jones kids together. Four, I guess Indiana Jones 3 did what Daddy's Home 2 did. Exactly, but and this is Indy 4, bitch. Interesting. You just skipped Indy 2. That's the prequel. Are you guys going to do a prequel? We've talked about it. Maybe do some of that de-aging shit Marvel's mm-hmm. got a hold of. Mm-hmm. And me play like myself as like a rambunctious teen. Because you know I was a bad boy. You know I'm going to be on a fucking motorcycle. You know I'm going to have a mullet. You know are you gonna, that are you gonna Motley Crue's going to be playing prequel? in the background. What the fuck you say to me? I just asked if you're going to do a rap song for the prequel. Hey, why would I do a fucking rap, Chad? Huh? Why would uh, I do a fucking you were, rap? You were in a, you, a hip-hop group. Uh, yeah. Marky Mark and the Yeah, do Punch. I do that shit anymore? No, because I'm a fucking actor now. But, but you're, okay? doing, Whatever happened to the you're doing a prequel. Punch, you're, you're de-aging yourself. You're going back to your old style. Yeah. It's called technology. I'm still moving forward while looking backwards, but that don't mean I'm going to do the same shit over again. Like if someone anyway, uh, okay, can we anyway. fucking talk about this movie or uh? Hey, well, yeah, no. Hey Mark, hey Mar- hey Mark, yeah? hey buddy, no, not you. Yeah. Fuck off. Oh, hey, shit. uh, Marky Mark. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, sorry I know I'm not supposed to call you that, but um, yeah, we really have to confusing. talk about the the Megaplex. We have to talk about the movies we saw there first. So, um, do you mind? Like, you've already told us what the movie is gonna be. So, like, you're good to go, dude. We know. Okay, thanks, Cody. You're my best friend. We hang out all the time. And, man, your muscles are bigger than mine. So, well, uh, that... I mean, you work out all the fucking time. And, like, when we walk places, people look at him and not me. So, anyway, well, Cody, I... it's nice to see you. You're the greatest dude ever. Um, well... You're definitely the funniest on this podcast. Okay. Everyone says that. Everyone I talk to says, you know, you're the one with yeah. good opinions. Okay. You're not the one well... everyone shits on on the Internet. It's hey. fine. So, anyway, okay. I'm going to catch y'all later. Make sure to talk about uh, my boy Mel's movie. Uh, don't talk about his other mm-hmm. shit because, uh, you know, <laughs> what you're going to do, right? <laughs> Except not be a racist. But anyway, um, I'll see you guys later. Bye. Hey, do you guys want Cody? some more burgers before I go, though? Yeah, oh, yeah. Those okay, here, great, here you honestly. go. Here you go. All right. Thanks. Piss off, motherfuckers. What? Oh, Cody. That was rude. That was a rude way to. No, 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 no. Hey, it's I'm back. Um, I just Cody. I don't know if anyone's ever told you this, but you sound a lot like Mark Wahlberg, but a little bit quieter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's weird. I've never been described as quiet, but I guess like what? you know, wh- when uh, whenever you are comparing two people right next to each other, it uh, yeah. y- you're able to see better. Like, it's just the same like tone of voice, yeah. uh-huh. and speech patterns, and close to the same accent. I know. Yeah. It's weird, it's but. Also- also, has anyone ever told you you take a really long time answering the door? Like well, to the point I went where to the guest answer... comes in the house. Uh-huh. Like, Chad, did you not see in, in my the, cat in... got out? Oh, my cat got yeah. out. Whenever I opened the door, my cat got out, and so Mark was like uh, talking to you guys. And then, it was uh, hard to tell from this webcam. It looked like Mark Wahlberg gouged your eyes out, uh, uh-huh. but it's it's always hard to tell with Mark. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's fine. I just, you know, my cat like likes to run out. There's like a pool outside, and so she was trying sure. to get into that. Cats do love pools. They yeah. do. That that's a known fact. So anyway, hey, Cody, what uh, what have you seen at the Megaplex recently? So, I rushed here. I was in the theater less than an hour ago because we're recording this podcast early, and Ready Player One premiered tonight, and I had 
had to get to that. It was my yeah. podcast duty to talk mm, about duty. my favorite director's latest movie, uh, Ready Player One. And I think it's a good movie. I think it's... Uh, um, is it as like cheesy nostalgic as uh, we think it is? But like in, in a good way, in a bad way? Talk about it. If you're if you're going in planning to be an asshole about it, yes. <laughs> okay. um, like if you're looking to be pissed off about it and if you see one thing you recognize and you're going to be like, Ugh, that's just cheap nostalgia, then yes, you're going to hate it. But that's not what the movie's mm. doing. That's barely what the movie is about. Um, kind of the argument of the movie is like all that stuff is good, but make sure you have more shit define you than just that. Like that's basically the entire right. through line of the movie um no it's cool um n- uh, spielberg's our greatest director like i mean there are action oh. scenes in it that are jaw dropping like it's phenomenal action set pieces it, it there's not many people with the confidence of spielberg you know what i mean like he is able to come in and just be like here it is and like it's going to be great and you guys are gonna enjoy it's um a very rewatchable movie i think um i will definitely revisit it several times you know this weekend uh, this weekend (laughs) um it's not 10 10 level um 10 10 is still like an underrated masterpiece but this is i I mean it falls into like very good spielberg when spielberg does an action movie and does it well um it looks like this and he's got an eye for visual effects he's Mm -hmm. got an and the other thing people like kind of forget about this movie is spielberg is a giant dork and is a giant nerd and like he's obsessed with video games so like he plays into the video game aspect of it um Hmm. All the actors are very good in it. Um, I don't know. It's awesome. Uh, Olivia Cook is a star she's and will continue so to be a good. star. She was great in Thoroughbreds. Yeah, she's also great in this movie. Um, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I was unfortunately unable to see it this this night, since it is uh, the premiere night that we were yes, recording right. this. Uh, well, it's a I day earlier than what we thought the premiere night was because I was going to go tomorrow. Fucky, huh? Yeah, and then I yeah. was at work and looked at Showtimes and was like, hey, boys, going to run late. I yep. have to go see this tonight. Um, it's very good. Um, there, there's going to be people who talk shit about it because any nerd thing gets a decent amount of like dunkage on it, so I think there will be some of that. Mm-hmm. Um and it, and that's not to say that there aren't valid criticisms of some of the stuff in the movie, um, but as somebody who has read the book, and the book sometimes just reads as a laundry list of references, mm-hmm. um, th- th- this does it better, um, and it's cool. it's all tied. It, it, it's it's not over in your face, and there is one sequence in the middle of the film that actually my jaw dropped, and I couldn't believe it was happening. <laughs> so um, oh, cool. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I think I'll see it this weekend. It's cool that you were able to see something uh, released by your favorite director this weekend. Uh, yeah. Chad, who's your favorite director, and have they released anything recently? Uh, well, my favorite director is Wes Anderson, and. Okay. My movie I saw at the Megaplex this week is Isle of Dogs, a new film by Wes Anderson. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Um, It was very good. Uh, I think I have it as top three Anderson, which he has nine movies, so top one third. Um, Yeah, I I like it a lot. Um, It's animated beautifully. Stop motion is just like a really cool thing, Um, and I like geek out about it, even like 
bad stop motion is still like really cool to me. <laughs> um, but this is really good stop motion. The dog puppets are great. The voice acting is amazing. Jeff Goldblum makes me laugh a lot. Um, yeah, it's just funny throughout. And if you've ever like had a dog or loved a dog, it's really emotional at times. It's just really good. I love it a lot. My favorite of the year so far. Well, I, uh, I don't have a lot again, to say about that. No, I haven't seen it because right. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I am waiting for somebody who doesn't like Wes Anderson to tell me that it's good, which hasn't happened yet. Yeah, um, I mean it's it's very Wes Anderson. Um, it's very like otherworldly in the way that like some of his movies feel. Some of his movies feel more grounded. Like Darjeeling Limited doesn't feel like it. Like is in a universe that like follows other rules than our own. Um, but this one very much does like, it's this dystopian, uh, future where like, uh, dogs are like diseased and they're overpopulated and they send them to like a trash Island. Um, and this boy wants to find his dog and he flies to the Island and finds his dog and it's really sweet. Yeah. I just, um, because like I, I'm not necessarily like the world's biggest Paul Thomas Anderson fan, but I saw plenty of people saying like Phantom Threat was incredible right. that weren't necessarily PTA diehard. So I was like, okay, that gives me faith that there's a strong chance that I might like this. And yeah. then I did. I thought it was very good. That's not happening with this. Movie. Yeah. For, from what people, I've seen, mostly people who don't like Wes Anderson are saying it's not great, but people that do like Wes Anderson love it. Like right. saying, it's just another one of his like great movies. Um, but what's unfortunate is the people who fall in the middle mm-hmm. who are kind of lukewarm about Wes Anderson yeah. are leaning towards the side of not liking it very much. Cause like those are the same people who lean towards really liking Moonrise Kingdom or Fantastic Mr. Fox. So right. th- that's what really... has me worried about it. I haven't seen it yet, so yeah. I need to watch it and I'll, I'll give it a fair shot. I, I don't, I'm not I mean, into Wes Anderson very much at all. I but. feel like if you like Fantastic Mr. Fox, you'll like this movie. I don't think you you might not necessarily like it as much, but I think you'll like it fine if you like Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, it's hard to ask me to like something as much as I like Fantastic Mr. Fox, a movie in which George Clooney plays a, a heist expert. Yeah, right. Um, um, it's kind of my of wheelhouse. Like heist. What's like your favorite yeah. heist movie? Probably Ocean's Eleven. That's directed uh, by so, Steven so, Spielberg or Steven Soderbergh, my favorite director. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what have you seen in the theater recently? Um, oh, you know, now that I'm now that you mentioned it, I did see Steven Soderbergh's most recent movie, Unsane. Oh, um, so all three of us in the month of March got a movie from our favorite director. Wow, we didn't <laughs> what even plan month. that ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, we're so lucky. Yeah. Wow, it's really lucky that we delayed watching this so that Cody could see uh, the Spielberg movie. Yeah, huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, we also moved it up. Uh, yeah, our recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, who cares about the minutia? But <laughs> anyway. Uh yeah, Unsane was uh incredible. Yes, um, yes. It, it like it's very good. Immediately jumped to like my top three or four Soderberghs. It like it has that feeling that he like uh Sex Lies and Videotapes, which is his first movie, has this like really like dark and fucked up like perspective that's also like really touching, uh, but also kind of scary. And yeah. I think mm-hmm. I think Unsane hits that hits that like right on the head. It's the best horror movie of the year. Um, it is also yeah. the second, my second favorite movie of the year so far. Like it, yeah. it's it's my favorite out of the ones we've talked about today. I haven't seen I don't know, Dogs, but I don't know if I would call it like a horror movie. Nah, uh, it is dog. 
It I is. mean, it it is okay. Fine. As as we can a resident we can horror the, expert, we can it, talk about the, the difference between a horror and a thriller. But I think uh, it's somewhere in that realm. I'd uh, I'd still call it a horror. I think it's. It might be a horror thriller, which sometimes happens, but it it is it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I think the last act is a horror movie. Look, I'm not going to argue the semantics <laughs> of this. It's a fantastic movie. So um, it's um one thing about this movie is its production. It was shot entirely on iPhone Seven Pluses. Um, now for me, narratively, I love this movie. It's one of my favorite of the year. But there were a few like moments where the technical element of it, like really bugged me um some like warp stabilization in some weird places and just some like i don't, I don't know it it's yeah, fine I think it, but i think it's, it's all brilliant i think I, it's I, I, i'm on that side as well i think that like a lot of times you kind of want a, a camera to kind of like you don't have to like watch a scene and be like oh i know exactly where and how he put this camera here mm-hmm. uh and like in this movie there are there's like a shot where i'm like oh he leaned his phone against a something on this table yeah um, it's, but it's, it, it, but it's because i know what it's like to film a snapchat video on an iphone like, right so and i understand like everyone implicitly understands iphone framing uh-huh. so you can kind of see how he's working in that in that realm it yeah. is also very thematically tied to what's happening that's why it in, doesn't bother me at all it's not just a gimmick it is well, straight up in like the first like 20 minutes of the movie like there's these track very quickly into the movie you find out that she's a victim of stalking right and Mm -hmm. so there's these like shots of her like walking across a parking lot and the way it's filmed is like there's all this stuff in the foreground in between the camera and her Mm -hmm. and it as it's like tracking her there's like it's it seems like someone is stalking her and like watching her on like an iphone and filming her without her permission um and so it like gives that eerie feeling so like thematically it works there but then I guess there's there's a lot of like phone usage in the movie. I, I don't know. No, it's but it's 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 to create a sense of being hyper close to her, mm-hmm. to create a feeling of we're watching something we might not should be watching, and just a sense of paranoia because you are so close. It is such an intimate way of filming. Yeah, that I mean, it I. Like I'm not the Steven Soderbergh fanboy here, mm-hmm. and I think it's absolutely brilliant. Oh yeah, I, I mean, think I, it's perfect. I am the Steven Soderbergh <laughs> fanboy, and I I think that like I honestly I I was kind of hesitant in the beginning because it does take some time to get used to the the yeah. like the the camera work, especially mm-hmm. early when there's like outside scenes where she's like walking and it's kind of painting and it's. Yeah. It's it's really like far away, and it, you feel like it's far away, but that is intentional. But there are also scenes like there's a scene where she's in the bathroom, and like I was watching, I was like, oh, they just taped this phone to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's such a cool like framing, and there's a, a final final scene or not final scene, but in the last act, there's a scene in, where two people are in a room talking, mm-hmm. and just like the the staging of that scene c- c- combined with like the way that the the phone is like turning and looking at them like you really feel their closeness in that scene and yeah. also like the writing of that scene is perfect i think that like that the pacing of this movie the pacing of this movie is great that scene is great the uh the acting in this is great um if you can get over the horrible horrible accent of the main character <laughs> i don't think it's that bad <laughs> it's not that bad but, but also you, accents you, don't tend to bother me that yeah. much no th- they don't bother me either but like it there were times where i was like in like one sentence she went from british to southern to like Kennedy. 
Yeah, um, she is British. Weird. That's why she has a hard time with it. Yeah, and her. she's also spent the last four years playing the Queen of England. Right. So, <laughs> um, um, no, I think it's incredible. It it it's definitely like it plays with some pulpy like B movie level mm-hmm. kind of ideas and like there's some homages to some kind of like old school um, pulp B movie stuff. So. I don't know. I think it's awesome. It's my number two of the year so far. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just really excited to see St- Soderbergh like g- going back to making like really interesting and like surprising movies. Because like L- Logan Lucky, L- Logan Lucky was was good, but, but it was it, like, safe. It was it was kind of safe, and like yeah. I think it's it uh, is also like hollow to some extent. And I think that like, yeah. he does have a tendency to make movies that are. Well, he doesn't have a tendency, but he he can make movies that are like fun, but like kind of hollow. But this one has like a real, like emotional core mm-hmm. that That's is great. like it's amazing. Um, yes. he is the only one out of our three favorite directors who hasn't done an animated movie yet. So maybe that's what he should do. I don't know if he will. He's he said that he's going to shoot all of his movies from now on on iPhone. Except he's actively not doing that. <laughs> uh, like, I think his next movie, he's not doing it. Like, they've already, like, talked about yeah. it. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 get talking about the movie that we came here to talk. Um, uh, also, ugh. I hope everybody buckles in. This is our going to be our longest episode ever. Uh, <laughs> I'm already sleepy just thinking about talking about Braveheart. Um, it's I, a... Um, I don't want to take as long as the movie does unnecessarily <laughs> to get okay. to the plot. All right, well then, don't interrupt me, motherfuckers. Let's go through it. Um, <clears throat> Braveheart. Um, the movie starts in 1280 uh, when King Edward Longshanks invades Scotland. Young William Wallace, we're going to call him WW from now on. That's not um, Double W. Just um, William is fine. Quadruple U. Wallace mm. is fine. Double W. Double W. Double W is more syllables than. William Wallace. <laughs> but Double W isn't. It's bitch. still more. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember when I said don't interrupt me so we can get through this? You're trying um, to like save time with an acronym that's actually I'm not trying waste to save time. it. I'm trying I'm to be gonna... fun. I'm trying to have some fucking fun for once on this fucking podcast. Well, good luck with Braveheart. <laughs> he witnesses the brutal violence of this and also sees his brother and father killed. Um, he's taken in by his uncle, who's played mm-hmm. by a dude. We know uh, Brian Cox. I was trying to remember who it was. Every time uh, I see him, I think of his role in The Rookie with Dennis Quaid. I think of is it Step Brothers that he's in? Oh. It's one of those movies where he's randomly like plays somebody's dad. He's not. It's not Step Brothers because that's uh, Jenkins. Um, um, I cannot remember who it is, but he like maybe he plays Adam Scott's dad in that movie. It's somebody he like no, shoots somebody with a crossbow. Daddy's home free. No, I'm I'm remembering all the like particulars of the scene, but then literally nothing about the movie itself. He shoots somebody with a crossbow. He's like the campaign is the movie that I was thinking. Oh, does he play Will Ferrell's dad in that? Yes, he does. Um, I haven't seen that since it came out. Like in me either. Yeah, I also saw that in theaters. We actually (laughs) might have all seen that in the same theater in Auburn. Uh, Was it in like? Well, it came I thought out. it was high school. It was 2012. No. It was it was as we were leaving high school. Okay. I I know for a fact that I saw that in Auburn. Man, maybe right, we, maybe we did. 
I'm about to look it up and see when. Cody, it, let me look year. it up. Do your do your fucking yeah. Plot. Go well, through, go through mean, the monologue. I mean, you 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 get you. you it, it came out August 10, 2012. So you probably saw Suck it. Suck a dick. Of a, anyway, uh, we what didn't did see it together, w- we, Mark w- and I weren't friends do yet. Next. Let's let's dive into mine and Mark's friendship. Okay, we weren't quite friends yet in August what, 10th, what 2012. What did W W do next? So he's taken in by his uncle, and he journeys abroad, and he goes to, like, Greece, and he learns a bunch of shit. But guess what? We don't see any of that shit. No. But somehow it takes 30 minutes. <laughs> somehow this part takes 30 minutes. <laughs> anyway, years later- Yeah, we don't, need, we don't need any of the children backstory no. stuff at all. Not well, even a you, little bit. You we'll could we'll maybe get, to, get the shot of him seeing his dad hanging. Yeah, we'll get one 15-second shot is yeah, all you need. <laughs> We'll get to what we don't need later. Uh, Most of it. Years later, W.W. is back in Scotland, Max and relaxing all cool. He falls in love with his childhood crush, Marin. Mark. Hey, lock the gates. (laughs) Okay, there it was. I was waiting for it. Um, And then uh, he marries Marin in secret. How fun is that? Um, Not quite sure why the marriage is secret. Let's take a detour Uh, real um, quick and talk about that because I'm not sure. It's Uh, because her dad didn't approve of him not, like, joining the, like, rebels or something is it that or is it because of the prima nocta that was like instated earlier in the film because like, mm, maybe one of those they were at a wedding and then like one of the king's men comes in and is like i instigate prima nocta so i'm gonna bone your new wife fun yeah so prima nocta is this law yeah. that's like any any noble can mm-hmm. fuck any bride on her wedding day before the husband count yeah, yeah. but so, uh that's a solid Thing. Mark, you want to tell us the 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 truth of this? Oh yeah, didn't fucking happen. It, um, it happened, wait, but it wasn't in Scotland during this time. Like it did exist at yeah, times. Yeah, but like but like England never did this to the, the Scottish. Oh. Right. Here's a here's cool a thing to add. Of, here's a general rule of thumb <laughs> about this movie: if you see it and you say, "Did that really happen?" No, it didn't. <laughs> Most probably of it didn't. Did not. Except his death. Um, which we'll get into. Did they um, really all of that's very the accurate. English army? Uh, they weren't even wearing fucking kilts. <laughs> oh my gosh! Really? Kilts? They started wearing kilts 500 years later. Huh? And they stopped wearing blue blue paint on their face a thousand years before. Yeah, it's real accurate. Was their anyway. hair really that bad? <laughs> uh, probably. That, that's probably true. That's probably true. Uh, okay. Um, so then English soldiers attempt to rape Marin, uh, but W.W. rescues her a first time. She attacks a soldier while it's happening, in, like in bites scene, him. Marin says, uh, hey, what the fuck? What the fuckers? <laughs> not, the, <laughs> not the dime. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. And uh, she's then captured a second time, um, and then she gets executed, which... Um, yeah. Obviously pisses uh, WW off. Um, so with his clan, he slaughters all of the soldiers there in his hometown. And the um, army was like, "Lock the gates." There you go. <laughs> That's uh, where the joke should have been. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, pretty gruesome scene. Pretty gruesome violence throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So William Wallace is now on a war path, and he's rebelling against England. Um, his exploits become legend. Other clown, other clowns, other clans join him. Uh, he wins a battle at Sterling Bridge, which is the first super long fight. Uh, Did that you we guys see. notice the bridge in that scene? No, nope. 
Yeah, because there fucking wasn't one. Yeah. Not this battle same. was literally called the Battle of Sterling, Sterling Bridge. Because, uh-huh. you know, the battle historically happened on a bridge. Sure. Uh-huh. Not a bridge in this scene. Huh. Can I can I tell the story of why there's no bridge in this scene? Please. Um, so, uh, I don't know where I read this, but it was like on IMB or some shit. I looked it up. Um, so... Mel Gibson filmed this scene. He took the bridge out of the way, and while like talking to a like local person, they're like, "Hey, why'd you take the bridge out of the scene?" And he was like, "Well, I mean, it got in the way." And then the Scottish dude was like, "Yeah, that's what the English realized. <laughs> like that part part of why they lost was something to do with the bridge. So it's kind of interesting mm. that they just take it out." Uh, and instead we get like 25 oh. minutes of stabs and squibs exploding. And so he, here's my thing. If you're going to take the bridge out, why not call it like the Battle of Sterling? Yeah, I don't know, dude. Yeah. Um, well, because they want to be historically accurate once. <laughs> um, right. Uh, so, um, it, so this scene, it's really gruesome and violent again. Um, I get that it's like supposed to be chaotic because I guess that's how battles used to be before there was like more order or whatever but it's like it's just like 20 to 30 minutes of just nothing nonsense screaming and like swinging bloody it's it's boring to watch for me yeah Uh, i think that this this fight scene is more interesting than most of the movie more interesting than most of the movie because the movie's just boring in general but like bad action bad directed action Nothing is interesting about no, this scene. No, no, I don't. I I think that's a that's a Sterling Bridge too far. <laughs> I think like it okay. it is a it is a <laughs> I think it's a pretty well directed battle scene. I mean, it's before Peter Jackson f- figured out the computer program that made people like fight like all the like right. masses fight. Yeah. Like, so from a technical level, just have this fucking many people. Like filming that and fighting, like I think all the fighting looks good. It's unnecessarily like gruesome, long. but like and probably too long. But also the battle itself probably lasted for like four hours. So I, don't I know. think it lasted like multiple days. Yeah, yeah. I'll buy that. Like on a on a shot to shot basis and on like a technical level. Yeah, the the swings and the blows and the blood. It all looks good. Like that's not my issue with it. It's just like it's just so random and chaotic and like, there's nothing for me to like really, there's no like narrative for me to like latch onto that like leads through the whole battle. It's just a bunch of like, yeah, squish, I could stab, see that. swing. There's, you're not like following a character through the battle. You're just fo- watching a battle. Right. No, you do. You, you follow William mostly, but then you also see like uh, some of his oh. friends, like people who have been established. I don't know. I like battle scenes, um, I usually especially if it's sword but... battle scenes. So like, I don't know. I, don't know. I think you're, on... you might yeah. be right that maybe I'm spoiled by Peter Jackson, but like I yeah. just found these to be painfully uninteresting as far as like i mean we're talking about the movie that won best picture so i'm going to assume that what it's doing it's going to be doing really well so if it's doing battle i want it to be like the best thing i've seen and it's yeah but no other movie this year was doing this like that's part of why it like grabs so much attention is the the like the sword epic like uh mark said in the monologue was not a huge deal here um And this kind of brought it back into prominence for a while. People yeah, I adored mean, this movie. So it's like whether or not it's good action, the movie on the whole is bo- boring. So it's like water <laughs> under the Sterling Bridge. Um, hey. have, have have you guys seen this movie before? While we're talking about it being kind of like, oh, yeah, we didn't do so. our like personal history with the movie. Yeah. yeah, I fell asleep the first time I watched it, and that's my story. It was back in like the year two thousand, probably. 
It was the first time I saw boobs in a movie, I think. Mm. Mark? I had never seen it before. My parents didn't want me to see boobs in the movies. <laughs> I I had seen it before. I want to say it was end of high school because this is a movie my parents own. Like, they, yeah. like this was one of the best. Because my parents now are like, well, who cares about the Oscars? Nobody watches those movies. Which, like, sometimes it is the narrative that people say, which mm-hmm. isn't, like, wholly accurate because Get Out made so much money. But this this span of like five years is the years where everybody saw the best picture movies like not counting like english patient or shit like that but you had forrest gump braveheart and titanic all within a span of like four or five years also schindler's list was everyone saw schindler's list that's a good point all of those were like big hits um the reason i'm not really counting schindler's list is because while that one was like relatively successful Forrest Gump, Braveheart, Titanic are more crowd pleasers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what but I mean? Like, yeah. But everyone did see Schindler's List, whether yeah. or not they like were movie people or not. It was just like hailed as an important movie that you should right, see. Right, 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 right. But this is one that like, oh shit, let me go see action. Also, it's going to win Best Picture. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah. Which is well, always so the case. What's interesting about this is no one really considered it is like a real contender for Best Picture until it won Best Director at the Golden Globes. That's hmm. that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I was looking at it, and people were like, nah, I mean, what? It's not going to win. I don't people, really know what would have been considered the shoe-in for this year. Probably, though. like, Apollo 13 or uh, Sense and Sensibility, which are both, like... Call. Like, they're both, like, kind of traditional Oscar winners, especially Sense and Sensibility, which is, like, a period piece romance. Yeah, and Apollo 13 is a Ron Howard-directed Tom Hanks movie, so, like, that makes sense. I mean... Or Babe, the other movie nominated for Best Picture, and uh, which is which is better than this movie. Uh, or even Il Postino, which I think is better than this movie. Which movie? I didn't get to that one. Il Postino, The Postman? Yeah, I know. It's the only movie I know of that's adapted from a book based on a movie. Mm. But it's not adapted on the first movie. Interesting. Huh. I couldn't find it anywhere, so that's why I didn't watch it. But I did watch Babe, and Babe rules. Um, anyway, <laughs> there's not a good segue. I'm just going to get back into the plot. Um, oh, so uh, pr- Prima Nocta, the people that in- did that were pigs. Babe is a pig. There's your segue. Back to yep. that movie. <laughs> yeah, but that's like 45 minutes backwards in the plot. That doesn't get me to They're where They're still to doing it. <laughs> Please don't um, take me backwards in the plot of this movie. Yeah, no thanks. Um, so then uh, William Wallace sacks York. Um, he sends the severed head of the king's nephew to the king as like a fuck you. Um, William Wallace tries to get help from Robert the Bruce, who's a contender for the Scottish crown. Um, again, this is where I don't necessarily know a lot about Scottish history, but I find it confusing that William Wallace is like rebelling but not from so, his own king but from the English king but it's still so okay. Scotland had been at some point its own kingdom and then right. England took it over mm-hmm. and then William Wallace wanted to like for Scotland to rule itself. But, um, but but he wasn't rebelling against Scotland's king but Scotland's no, king because, all, Scotland's king wasn't rebelling okay, against okay. England. So so you're thinking about Robert the Bruce, who is like king of Scotland to some extent. Yeah. But really he was just like uh governor of Scotland would be the analogue now. 
Um, but it's really more of like he's just like the richest dude in Scotland with mm. the most like political power, mm-hmm. but really doesn't have that much political power Got compared it. to the king. Okay, and he also doesn't have like I guess as bad a life as the other Scots, so like he doesn't have like the drive to like rebel. Yeah, the exactly. The, yeah. the king basically the king had been like paying off the nobles to mm-hmm. not rebel. Right, and then William Wallace was like fuck this and the king was like you want a bunch of money and he was like fuck you mm-hmm. so right. he's rebelling um and so robert's dad robert the elder uh doesn't want him doesn't want robert the bruce involved in all of this he uh he thinks like if they play nice with england robert will be king of scots because he's not quite yet um but um Longshanks, uh, who, if you remember, is king of England, uh, gets worried that another big fight will break out, so he sends his daughter-in-law, Isabella, to talk Who's to the Will- princess of France. So right. so King Edward yeah. Longshanks has a son, Edward II, mm-hmm. uh, who is gay. Yeah, according uh, to this movie. Apparently is, is he, according to like, history, though? A, uh, he, it's he's it's like, dicey. He's like maybe gay, according to history. Okay. Um, but he's married to princess isabella yes yeah uh who's the princess of france uh-huh. uh and who is like who is like actually smart about things and knows right. how to like run a kingdom so she gets sent to meet with william wallace in the movie right um she hates her husband she also hates her dick father-in-law it's a bad move sending her because she instantly gets a major lady boner for william wallace <laughs> yeah so part of the reason that like uh, the king had like arranged that marriage is because France was like a natural enemy of England. Mm-hmm. So sending an enemy to meet with a different enemy is like not always a great move, huh? Yes, yeah. not. Yeah, it's it, it's weird. Um, so Isabella warns William Wallace that an ambush is on the way. Um, and so he tries to get the Scottish nobility to help. Uh, but they're non-committal until they show up to the battle. Um, Longshanks is there at the head of the English and the Scottish people straight up dip out on him and they ghost him. And so the battle does not go well for the Scots at all. Um, But then Robert the Bruce shows up and he helps William Wallace get away. One thing we haven't really touched on is Longshanks. That's a dumb name, right? It's a real dumb name. Yeah, because he's tall. What's a shank? Uh, His legs is what they're referring to. It's, dumb. Dumb. it's a dumb name. It's I hate dumb. it. It's a I dumb know. name. I mean, it's history. I can't really argue with it. Also, yeah, let's talk like, about Rob- Robert the Bruce. That's like Mark the James. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I'm sure name- it means something. We didn't do our research. It like, was... Historian- historians Cody. are going to like text us and say, like, you're dumb. Robert the Bruce actually means this. Well, you know That's what? They should have put it in the movie. No, they shouldn't have. They didn't have time. I mean, uh, I'm just trying to make jokes here because this podcast is ending up as boring as the movie. <laughs> no, we're good. No, we're, we're, we're blazing through we're, it. We're good at podcasting. Um, so William Wallace is pissed that everybody ghosted him, uh, understandably. Um, so he goes and kills the two douches who did it. Um, <laughs> so then this is that was one of my favorite parts of the movie where he was just like "fuck you guys" and kills him. Right. Um, then, if I'm reading this correctly in my notes, he turns into a gorilla and fights for seven years. Um, um, I don't know. I he, don't does know gorilla, what you, he does what gorilla you, warfare. I guess he turns uh, into a gorilla. He punches mm, him. All right. That's a... Uh, oh, boy. Anyway, he also <laughs> goes to visit Poundtown with Isabella. Um, they do. That is one of the areas that he travels to, according is, to these notes. Is that uh, factual in history, Mark, or do you know? 
Um, I'm so, looking at a map right here of Scotland, and there is yeah, no in the pound forest, town. It, it says it says Pound Town, and yeah. that's where. And I'm looking at I'm his sorry. travels. That's where Pound it's Cakes hard to come from. British. That's why they're called Pound Cakes. It's oh, it's Poundton. It's Poundton. Yes. Okay, Poundton. Okay. Yeah. And, um, that's, and that's where they travel. And like right. on the map, it has like the little dots, and it's like, oh, he went over here, and it's like blue because also they, they bone each other's right. brains out once they're there. I'm doing the scale thing. Let's uh-huh. see. An inch and scale, so is, an inch is there. 20 so miles. 69 miles from left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seven inches. That's 69 miles. Weird. Okay, anyway. Um, huh. So, sorry. I just... Uh, um, it's the notes. I don't know. Um, guys, so, so we talked about two Razzie movies in this podcast that were supposed to be horny. Mm-hmm. Is this movie hornier? Yeah, it's pretty horny because uh, every woman wants to fuck... William yeah. Wallace in it. And yeah. also, okay, it's kind of fucked up. We didn't really, like, we s- because we're blazing so fast right. through this, um, we didn't really, like, spend a lot of time in that the reason William Wallace is doing this is because of his dead wife. Like, he says that a lot. Yeah. And yeah. He, that is his mission. And part uh, of the reason Isabella likes him so much is because she heard about his wife. Right. And she's like, oh, you're so sad. And he's like, so sad, I want to fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, and then they fuck. It's, yeah. it, it's like, I, I hate all of that because yeah. i'm just like but 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 your mission is your wife and i know people like they move on if a loved one dies and that sort of stuff but th- but that but, uh, but when your movie is about <laughs> yeah, narratively he's not moving on like narratively he, he's narratively he is fighting for her right. um the other thing i want to talk about in relation to Marin is because there is the the trend i think it's called fridging i meant to look it up where mm, yeah where someone is motivated because their wife dies, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's not... It's it's looked as a negative narrative trope a lot of times because it is just like, oh, it's cheap, let's kill the woman so a man can be strong, that sort of thing. I would make the argument that while that does happen in this movie, I think this movie handles it decently well in the fact that they do sort of establish Marin as having a bit of a personality. They a give her an, a little bit, but yeah, but I do. mean, yeah. if if we think about other examples, if we think about The Fugitive, which is a movie we thought ruled but did have True. this problem. True. We right. don't even know that his wife's name. You know, so yeah, at least not, I didn't kill Elizabeth or whatever. Right. I didn't exactly. kill my wife. <laughs> Right, and so so we get a name. She has a little bit of a character before they get married. No, she's very charming before. Like I, I like her as like a person. As, she's probably my favorite character, and then she's dead. And it's, it's just frustrating that this right. movie, everything feels like it goes so slowly, and she's around for like five minutes of it. Yeah. So, so you're right, Mark. Like it is kind of frustrating that she's only here for a short amount of time, but. It, it, it's just a comparison thing, right? Like, I don't think it's perfect. I don't even think it's that great. But if mm-hmm. we look at some of the other movies that we've done, they at least give her a little bit of a personality. It also, yes, would have been better if Isabella, like Isabella and William Wallace, were able to have a relationship of, like, wits and stuff like that and to friendship without having to bone, especially because they definitely did not in real life. Yeah, um, so... I want to play a quick game of how old are these characters in the movie? Oh, no. And then also how old are these characters in real life? Oh, boy. Okay, I'm going to guess Wallace is 35 in the movie. Okay. And uh, Isabella, 
26, maybe. Uh, okay, so when this movie is set, Isabella was closer to like 13 or 14. Is oh, that right, no, Mark? she was like three at the time. Three? Okay. They like, like she hadn't been married yet. And Wallace. I knew she hadn't been married. I don't know that she was that. No, young. she was straight up three. So okay. William Wallace has Wha- sex with and a three year old. William Wallace's no, age they is never met each other. His age is never established, but he was like, like, but Mel Gibson was like forty nine when he made this movie. But he was twenty. Like he was like yeah, mid twenty. He's supposed right? to be playing yeah. like twenty one. Like when he comes back yeah. and like is like, hey, I'm back from my youthful travels. I'm like, you're like, if this is the twelve hundreds, you're about to die. And also like the um. The the course of the movie, like when it happened historically, was only a span of like five years. Yeah, right? it wasn't very long, and the, he was like mid twenties, I think. The Isabella thing that's pretty like just dumb and inexcusable, but the Mel Gibson thing could be like you with all the like diseases and like how short your life was and stuff. A twenty year old might look like Mel Gibson in Scotland in the twelve hundreds. Well, or but the other 20-year-olds don't was, look like Mel Gibson. Right, and Mel Gibson was directing the movie, and the production well, company told him he had to be the star yeah, of the ob- movie. Obviously, that's financed. what happened, but <laughs> if you're going to excuse one of the two characters... It's yeah, the, the, the Isabella thing was just rewriting history, right? They they never met, like, straight up didn't, yeah. so they just added that. Uh, she does eventually get married to Edward, Yeah, son, but but not but at way this, later. Not at yeah. this point. So, um, Robert, um, Robert the Bruce, he tries to meet up with William Wallace, um, to amend things, but dad Robert turns it into an ambush. And so he like fucks over, uh, WW. Dad Robert uh, looks like, um, bootstrap Bill Turner and Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) He really does. I was, I I was actually going to say it looks like Miracle Max's wife in Princess Bride. Yes, that too. If you combined yeah. the two, yeah. it would be somewhere like in the that. middle. Yeah, but apparently it was leprosy, according to Mark's research, because I didn't know what was going on. I, I, I figured I had to something about. like that. I had to Google that. Apparently, the real guy did have leprosy. I think. Yeah. Uh, weird that Robert the Bruce was like all up in his business, though. Yeah, like for real. the the cure yeah. for leprosy is don't ever look at anyone ever again. Yeah, they're the untouchables. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Right. So Robert the Bruce disowns his dad. Um, Isabella is also furious about all this shit. So she now reveals to Longshanks, who is now terminally ill and can't like speak, and he's just laying in bed. And she's like, I'm pregnant, and BT Dubs, it's not your heir. So I guess we're meant to assume that it is William Wallace. Yeah. Which, like, now that I know that that's absolutely not the case, that's like especially annoying. (laughs) That just has no bearing in history at all. No, I mean, not that, not like, every just, historical movie has to be, like, to a T, but come on. Right. What's interesting is this movie was based on this epic poem uh, mm-hmm. about about William Wallace. And Having that poem... I mean, just a one, just a different character. Don't get hung up on that. You're very hung up on that. They just yeah. picked another character and aged her up. It, yeah, it's a little weird. But the the poem is known to be historically inaccurate. Right. Right. So you could be like, okay. well, the movie is like based on this poem, so it's like more it's accurate to the poem, not mm. the move, not the real life. But th- the movie is also inaccurate in ways that the poem isn't inaccurate. Right. Like mm. the whole bridge thing. Right. <laughs> right. Um. Okay. So William Wallace is put on trial for treason. Uh. Then there's a gruesome scene where he gets hanged, drawn, and quartered. 
Um, they're going to kill him quickly if he says mercy, but instead he says freedom. That's the famous yeah. part of it. Hey, yeah. what is it with Mel Gibson and just like public executions in his movies? It's brutal. And like m- like making them as violent and gruesome as possible. Yeah. Um, so, so another inaccuracy is that in real life, the killing was more brutal. No, they, well, that's they, what I'm about to get to. Okay. They they cut out his entrails, then they cut him into pieces, and then they ship those pieces all across England to display. That happens in this movie, but they don't show it. And originally they had filmed a lot of it, but then they had to cut it down because like it was too much. But yeah, well, th- in, that's the one thing they got right is the most gruesome thing possible. Well, in real life, he's also like castrated. Oh well, okay. Like, there's a little bit more. Also, when he was like hung and like hung and stretched, he was like completely naked the whole time. Right, right, right. Well, we didn't get to see that, Mel Dick. Um, From very far he... away, we did when they lifted oh, up their kilts and yeah, the think you're Right, yeah, yeah. Um, so before uh, Mel, Gip- Wallace... sorry, 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 Mel Gibson. Long. That's what it is. That's what it there is. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, it took me a second, but Mel Gibson is is the. Correct term. I was gonna say Mel Dixon, but that doesn't. That's it's not kinda, bad. It's not bad, but I like schlong. We don't okay, really fine. use the word schlong as much as we should. Yeah, or shouldn't. Before, but. <laughs> before he dies, he sees a vision of Marin. He likes Caesar in the like, and he says, crowd. "Hey, stamps.com promo code WTF." So, so he dies and joins her in the cat garage. Right. Uh, uh, cat <laughs> ranch. The, the, I'm sorry, cat ranch. Yeah. I read somewhere that originally this scene was scripted that like his ghost gets up and like walks away with her. <laughs> I would have loved that. <laughs> Which is a bit bug wild, but anyway. I mean that's the ending of Gladiator spoiler alert. Fuck. I mean you're right. not I not exactly, but it nah, basically but it's is. close. Yeah. Um so Robert the Bruce, this is like the coda of the movie. He's meeting with England to formally accept English rule. Uh he thinks back on William Wallace because he looks at his handkerchief and he's like, you know what? actually fuck this and then they charge into battle with england um after william wallace's main dude hamish uh who's p- played by brendan gleason um he throws william wallace's sword into the middle of the battlefield and it sort of feels like the scene in hot rod where he's like flipping down the hill because <laughs> it no joke flips it's, like 75 times and like it looked like he was gonna like stab someone through the heart with it and i was like there's no way that's gonna reach right and it just flips 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 and then lands perfectly in the ground yeah um and then a voiceover tells us that robert the bruce won the scots their freedom i am kind of angry at the voiceover um, at this part, the voiceover in the movie is not that bad. It's just at the beginning and the end. So, like, whatever. If you're going to use voiceover, that's what you should do, basically. Um, but the voiceover shifts, right? So, it's Robert the Bruce at the beginning. It's Robert the Bruce at the end, except for the last sentence, which shifts. And then it's uh, William Wallace. It's Mel Gibson yeah. speaking. That's which, weird. like, kind of destroys the narrator part of it. Uh, it's nitpicky, there's, but I don't... It, it's no something rules. I noticed. I mean, was, it was probably, like, they had to add in some narration at the end, and they couldn't get the actor back. I don't think it was that. I think it was... It, it, because, it, like, what Robert the Bruce, his thought ends, and then Mel Gibson says something else is the final line. Um, but it does end on the shot of the sword, which I actually think rules... Um, 
spoiler alert kind of but it's been out for a year so i don't really care about spoiling it but it reminds me kind of of the end of logan with the x um yeah yeah yeah, so i i i like shots that are just like an image kind of like representing the whole thing and that being in the final shot i think it's a a a very good final shot um okay so let's 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 talk about a few things boys um first does historical accuracy matter because the cody lunsford opinion is I don't really give a shit. It's fun to talk about. Like yeah. I have fun talking about it with you guys and that sort of thing. It doesn't make a movie good necessarily. No, not necessarily. It doesn't make a movie bad either for it to be inaccurate. I, I, think, I think it doesn't matter. I think historical accuracy matters more than this movie thinks it does. Like I, I don't think you can I, just like say like, like if you made uh <sighs> a movie about um like the boston bombing marathon which there is a movie about that and then you make it and guess what it's historically inaccurate but like highly if you can make it like somewhat inaccurate but if you made it like simon gruber is the one that planted the bomb that's like going too far obviously if you like well sure turn it into something that's just like completely there's no bearing for it i think you've got a problem because you don't have like the same responsibility as like a textbook, but at the same time you have some responsibility that like people are going to be taking you at your word for like, I, I, I don't think so. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's like, I mean, it's not the movie's job to get history, right? It's the movie's job to tell a story. I don't know. Like, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's kind of on us to figure out what the historical stuff is. I think and that, uh, uh, Sorry to interrupt you. I th- I think that Maybe. like a movie does have a responsibility to like tell the story of history to some extent. So like I, the inaccuracies of this movie, other than being like lazy, don't bother me that much because like they do tell the story of what happened. Uh, yeah. But like if if they had made this movie and like villainized, so this movie got a lot of accusations of anglophobia. Uh, because it made the the mm-hmm. English seem evil and the Scottish seem good, and like apparently they kind of like they made Longshanks a little bit more evil than he actually was. Um, yeah, although when... he was a bad dude to begin with. But like, so if they had like extra villainized the English to like the idea of the movie be like, well, the English are evil and everyone should hate them. That's that's where I would have issue with it. But, but like, as it is, it doesn't bother me. They did make up the stuff about Prima Nocta and just like went out of their way to make them yeah. seem more like skeevy and evil. Which like if that's not the case, and that's like irresponsible. Uh, I don't think I mean, it's irresponsible. Mel Gibson I, I, I had similar issues with the Passion of the Christ, like making the Jews of the time seem more evil than like the Bible would actually indicate that they were. Um, like a lot of people I had just, like a lot of issues with the way certain people are like portrayed. Um, there is a certain level of like responsibility you got to hold a filmmaker to. I don't think so. It's not a documentary. It, it, they they are not claiming to tell the actual truth. They are trying to tell a story. For but example, like, like the, the the Iliad and the Odyssey are based on things that happened around then. Not even close to historically accurate. Well, and also they add like magic well, and shit. Yeah, so. but it's it's like clearly inaccurate, right? Like Inglorious Bastards is also inaccurate, but they kind of tell you that by killing Hitler at the end. Right. 
This one, this one is like this is based on a true story, and this mm-hmm. is what actually happened. Except some of these things didn't happen, but ignore that. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it. it it's not a documentary. It's not claiming to be a hundred percent the truth. Yeah, it's but just, like, especially if your historical inaccuracies is painting like a people group in a negative way, I think that's like highly irresponsible. I'm I'm kind of on the same sure, page, but I don't think that this crosses yeah, that I think line that's kind of wide enough to bother me too yeah. much. Yeah, I think that's kind of creating a stronger argument for this than it actually does. Uh, yeah, it's like just accusing that, it. Of it's stuff. just that Mel Gibson's track record isn't good already. That like I'm gonna notice it if he's saying things about and it, like. Yeah, this no, I get too. that. I get but, that. But 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 like the Social Network, it's not a hundred percent accurate. No, no movie you watch sure, that's based yeah. on things. But like the line is, is historically accurate. The line is somewhere. For sure, I don't know. It matters a little bit. I am also the resident horror fan here, and all of them claim <laughs> to be based on true stories. Yeah, the contrary. So that may can be draw the line wherever they want. I don't care. But yeah, that th- th- that may be why I approach it okay. with an attitude of like I don't care. It just it's telling me the story. But like it doesn't going in, matter. Going into a horror movie, you know that it's a horror movie that's going to like embellish the actual right. Events. So but why going don't into, you expect it here? Going like, that's into, my thing. Expect it always. It's I feel like a historical movie, like uh, like yeah. the the idea of this movie is to tell a story that not everyone is familiar with, but is inspiring. Right. Yeah. Like, the idea right. of a horror movie is to scare the shit out of you. I I I don't know. I I think it's I think it's pushing one into a genre thing when I think they both can be held to the same thing. Definitely. Titanic is not historically accurate, but it still hits all the... Which but that's we'll get a, to that that's a romance years. movie about fictional characters, whereas this is like a movie where like the point of it is, hey, this William Wallace guy in history, he was awesome. Here's a story about him and how awesome he was because this is a true story. Whereas like Titanic, Titanic is, is fictional, fictional characters, characters in a real setting. Yeah. And also, also, how is that different than like talking about when George Washington chopped down the cherry tree, which is not something that happened? Well, because no one is going to like be like, fuck cherry trees. George Washington hates you. So do I. You know what I mean? And horror movies aren't going to make you be like anti demon any more than you already are. (laughs) Whereas like this movie is kind of like, okay, I don't I think that this movie could be accused of being anglophobic Mm. and like pointing you towards like it's weird to be like against white people. Um, but like this, this movie could and has been accused of that. I just think, I mean, it's it's telling the the story of the Scots. Like, uh, of course, they think the English are bad. I don't know. Right. I I just can't bring myself to care that much about it. I because if I don't think it makes a movie bad or good. I think that it I, it can make a movie. Uh, problematic mm-hmm. sure problematic sure 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 yeah. irresponsible is a bit too much to give it i think because movies don't to owe just, anybody anything but to like make up that prima nocta was going on is like my biggest issue i think so far yeah it, that that is like the like all of the other historical actresses like sure there's no bridge in that scene i don't give yeah, a fuck that doesn't matter at all but yeah. like claiming that there was like a rampant rape and abuse by power which I mean, there might have been, but like there, there isn't historical inaccuracy or historical documents saying that like this legal rape culture existed. Right. 
Right. I think that part of the movie is also bad. I just, but that's zeroing in on one thing. I don't think that that doesn't ruin the movie for me. Yeah. As much as it being boring does. Yeah, I mean the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't like it for other reasons. Like we can get into those, but yeah. And and I think maybe that's what I'm circling around is if it's a movie we all loved, we would ignore it. And so that's yeah. what I don't think but is I necessarily think... fair is because like it doesn't matter. Yes, it doesn't really. What I'm saying though is that like in this movie, it doesn't bother me because it's a it's bad otherwise. B, it's only one thing, and C, it's against people who are privileged to begin with. So, like, if you're, like, racist against people who are, like, not historically – what I'm saying is this. If if instead of the English, it was, like, Muslims were doing this prima nocta shit, I'd be like, okay, we can't just accuse people who are villainized anyway right. of being bigger villains than they actually are. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. I think, yeah, no, no, no. What you're saying is correct. I think it's kind of a different conversation, though, um, because that's stereotyping. That's almost, I don't know. I just, I don't think it affects a movie's quality. I don't. There are people who, if they notice things historically inaccurate with a movie, are like, oh, no, this is a bad movie, which I think that's, I I can't get on board with that because it doesn't matter. What you're watching is just telling you the story of what you're watching. Hey, can I change uh, the subject real quick? To what? Um, just something completely different and a little more. I feel. I feel like we've we've covered this ground yeah. as much um, as we will, we, we will. So I had fallen asleep in this movie like in the year 2000. So I didn't know much about this movie other than this one tweet that I saw that I thought was really funny. Uh, I'm going to share it with you. Well, I think well, it was what Rob is this Delaney tweet that tweeted it? Okay. Oh, great. Yeah. I love the segment of podcasts where we read other people's jokes. Yeah. So he said, um, uh, fucking get to it. Jesus Christ. He's Braveheart. probably still searching for it. Okay. A lot of people don't know this, but Braveheart is actually set in 1995. That's just how Scotland is. And I <laughs> thought that that was really funny. You got a chuckle out of me. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> All right. So now it's time for a new segment. Um, Chad put some music in here for our new segment. Okay. Well, tell me what the segment's called, and then I'll write a theme song for it. Okay. It's a new segment that's going to happen anytime a movie is over two and a half hours long. You guys know I hate movies that are too long. Every movie is too long, but especially long movies are too long. Now it is time for our new segment called Cody's Trimming Tips. Cody's Trimming Tips. Yeah. Can I give a, a real quick, uh, real quick, uh, Mark's naming? Uh, Cody's cuts is alliterative and That's sounds much better. better. Welcome to our new segment called Cody's Cuts. Cody's Cuts, yeah. Welcome to Cody's Cuts. I am your host, Cody Lunsford. I'm going to tell you ways to make this movie shorter. I am not going to tell you that these um, will make the movie better. I'm never going to argue it. These can cuts we, may make the movie actively worse, but here are all the things that you could cut out. Really quickly, can we go back to the, the part where I rename things? Because Mark's naming tips should be Mark's monikers. Go ahead. Okay, so, thank wait, you. is this a segment? <laughs> the show? No, no. We are... Mark's... Mark's what was it? Monikers. Monikers. Okay, so these cuts, not going to make the movie better... But maybe they will, but it's just going to make them shorter. That's all I'm concerned with. Movies are too long. Here's how to make it shorter. Starting with less sweeping shots of scenery. They're pretty. I don't give a shit. Cut oh them out. Oh, my God. So many <laughs> right? sweeping shots. This movie, like, started off with, like, a sweeping shot of, like, the Scottish hillside, the Scottish hillside, and I was like, I'm out. Yep. 
Um, cut out everything with young uh, William Wallace. Yeah, don't Just start it. it when he's older. Don't eat it. I don't care. Yes, maybe, he gets scarred um, as a kid. We all do. Whatever. Maybe, Move on. Maybe nope. give a, a flashback to him walking into that house. Nope. Don't eat it. Hey, um, Cody, I know this is called Cody's Cuts. Uh-huh. But, and I'm trying to get through it but fast. But can I cut but in? Of course it will never happen. But can I cut Go. in? And Hold on. It's time for ch- 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 Chad's Chops. Chad's Chops. Welcome to Chad's Chops. Uh, every well, you can't suggest the cut because I haven't gone through my whole list yet. Every scene where there's a battle, chop out half of those shots of people getting hit in the head and then make it half as short, and you, it does it does the same thing. It does the exact same thing as it did before. All right, time for a markup. Uh, no, how about guys, less stop. standing around I, before a battle? Just get I to the battle. Start fighting. List. Get in the battle. Just cut to the battle. I don't want to fucking do this segment anymore. I had a list, and you guys are cutting, like, are skipping things. Well, you know how to make this podcast shorter is you cut into <laughs> Cody's cuts. Cody, okay. back, back to your done. list. Back to segment's your list. Cody, back segment's to your list. done. Nope, you guys ruined it. Chad's chops uh, is over. Is Mark is markup over? Uh, markup is over, and so is Mark's monikers. <laughs> cool. All right, let's go back to the segment called Cody's cuts. Anytime they're slow mo, speed it up. Don't eat it slow. <laughs> I want more fast mo. <laughs> <laughs> Less travel by horse monologues. We know how people move. The first sex scene isn't even that long, but I don't need it. Um, they take way too long at the battleground to actually fight. Mark uh, ruined that one already. Um, cut like half of the English King stuff. Uh, we get it. Like he wants to fight this. I don't, I don't care hear. that your cut son's it. gay. Yeah. Um, like I'd rather. Yeah. That applies to any movie where a main character's son is gay and they're shitty about it. I don't care. Yeah, cut it out. Be nice. If you're going to be shitty um, to a gay person, just cut it out. There's one dream scene. Cut it out. It's obviously not a narrative device they continue to use. Don't eat it. Yeah. Um. Hey, Princess Isabella, sorry. Cutting room floor. Don't need any of this subplot. Sorry it sucks. Um, you just made it the, it, le- the least horny movie we've covered. And yeah, we've good. Sex scenes. Um, and Way less horny than Lion King. There's a I'm weird Can you feel scene. There's a weird like five minute scene where a little person does a skit. I don't. Oh, let's cut yeah, it. Like Let, it. Let's cut it. Like let's it. cut it. I love it when little people are like wacky and fun. <laughs> All right, so we're also gonna cut Chad out of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So let's make a note of that. Not to Cody's cuts. Uh, um, and then just like speed up the credits. I don't know. That's my last cut. This has been Cody's Cuts. Uh, um, we'll, see, hey, we'll see you next time. The movie is two and a half a hours Cody's or longer. So next episode. For you, how about we cut that mop off of Mel Gibson's head? Ugh. Uh, you can take his life, but you can't take his haircut. Am I right? Am I? I? I yes, you're You're right. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I Okay. Here's, here's uh, we'll call this... Uh, um, I don't have a name for it. Uh, we're talking about things that that are in this movie that it seemed to have inspired things in other movies, right? Oh shit, I've got one too. So well, this should be a segment. Let's call it um, the besties. Uh, uh shit. We'll, we'll um, name it later. We'll have an episode of Mark's monikers. Um, we'll call it influence influencers. <laughs> we'll call it influencers. Social media influencers. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it social movie influencers. Um, we'll we'll get back to that. Um, so you mentioned that dream sequence, same uh-huh. as fucking Aragorn in the fo- in with his wife. 
Absolutely. There, the scene where they get married is also a reference to Attack of the Clones, is what I have in my <laughs> yeah. notes. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. They get the married. She kind of dressed like Padme. Yeah. That whole uh, you secret. can take our lives, but you can't take our freedom is Aragorn again at the end of Revenge of, or uh, Return Revenge of the King. Revenge what's what's the, the last one called? Revenge of the King. Return of the Sith. There is also a scene where M- Mel Gibson has nunchucks. I guess that's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reference. We're Dude, like I fucking Tom saw that Howell too. Or something. Yeah, something. Um, I think those are all of our references. Yeah. I think those are all um, the influences that to were me, had on this movie. Especially all the scenes that like took place like in the castle with like the English royalty. Um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail felt like a direct parody to this movie in those scenes, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. weird because that came first twenty yeah, years before. Like twenty yeah. years, yeah. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, but it they feel like it feels like Monty Python is like making fun of those scenes. Uh, oh, it it, it is movie. because that movie was spoofing epics, um, right? Which this is. Um, so now let's talk about general thoughts of this movie. Bad. Did you guys like it? Uh, it's fine. It's way too long. It has no business being as long as it is. We've talked about that. Um, it's mm-hmm. really boring. Um, I it's it's uh, the okayest movie we've talked about on the podcast. I guess. I think that's probably accurate. I don't. I don't hate it actively, right? Like it's not Forrest Gump where I'm pissed off about it. Um, so it, it, it's not the worst best picture winner that we've talked about. Um, but I agree way too long. Um, and yeah, I kind of found myself fading in and out at times, but I think like it does some moments really well. Mm-hmm. Um, like which ones? I, I think some of the action is well directed. And I think there are some like horrifying imagery, um, that's pretty effective. It's, um, the, I think we mentioned earlier that this is one of the few Oscar winners in history that didn't have any acting nominations. And that's fair. Most of the acting is not that good. It's not that great. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Aaron's probably the best performance, and she's in it for like five minutes. I yeah. think that's probably accurate. Brendan Gleeson's pretty good as Hamish, but yeah, he doesn't have a lot great. to do either. Uh, this is um, also the, the, the rare instance of every like actor acting winner was not they didn't win for a best picture nominee interesting that is that is weird actually it's it's like that's the most recent time it's happened and the time before it was like 40 years before it wow that's Mm. crazy um but 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 it's a large-scale epic you know what got rewarded was its scale which is ambitious and i think like those are the things that it did well um it's a movie i'm not mad that i've seen this movie you know, I think it is like a movie that yeah, everybody should get to eventually. It's a big part of like our culture for better or worse. I'll say for worse. Like a lot of people love this movie. You can take our lives, but you can never take our freedom is like a big. Nope. That well, that accent wasn't anything. It but was continue. from the film. I was embodying Mel Gibson perfectly. Um yeah, it's like it's 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 popular. I'm glad I've seen it in in full now, so I can have like a strong stance of it's. Pro- I don't I don't like I like Forrest Gump more than this movie. <laughs> Oof, like, not me. It's but th- this one is also important too because it, it, it pop culture significance, right? right. Like it it yeah. is referenced a lot. Mm-hmm. One of my first times that I saw anything to do with Braveheart is I had a Jack and Daxter video game for PSP (laughs) and there was a whole like there's a whole like 
segment where as Daxter you do these mini games that are all based on movies and they had like a Matrix one where you fight like Mr. Smith and then they had a Braveheart one where you like threw rocks at people so mm-hmm. like I, like you know it's just there, there's some movies that you should watch to get the reference like yes you can right. get the reference without seeing it but it just I don't know uh, that that's where I would fall on this one I think people should watch it but I I'm not gonna tell anybody they're gonna love it. If you've got we, a PlayStation, uh, put it on like the time and a half setting <laughs> so it goes like a little bit faster. And mm-hmm. it's like a tight ninety. <laughs> you know, mentioning that Doctor game, we brushed over the fact that uh Mel Gibson has a superpower of throwing rocks at things. Yeah. It was pretty wild. He likes to throw rocks a lot also. He's a like big he throws old... it several times, he just throws right and then he's he, like, real good at rocks it. He's at really Mary good to like flirt with her too. Yeah. He's just yeah. a he throws a rock at Hamish's fucking head to say hi once. Yeah, cool. he just throws rocks. <laughs> what a dumb. hooligan! He must uh, not live in a glass house. I'm sorry. Oh boy. Um. Okay. So, oh, hold on. Can I give one more piece about piece of trivia about this movie? Because I know please. we talked last time about dumb dumb names. Yes. Um. Do you guys know like historically who the term Braveheart refers to? <laughs> no. I, I guess to Robert the Bruce. Robert the Bruce. Robert the Bruce is is the titular Braveheart. That. Hmm. The, well, the movie is about what inspires him to a degree. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, but it also kind of shits on Robert the Bruce. Yeah, but it but it ends with saying like, well, he's the one who ends up leading them to freedom. I don't know. It's it's not referring to him. Yeah, but <laughs> like, at not, no but point like, in this movie is Robert the could. Bruce brave. No. Until the end. I'm pretty sure he has a heart. We see that he has a heart when he lets William Wallace go. Okay, yeah. that's true. And then then he's inspired by William Wallace to be brave. But hey. but, but the, ti- the title isn't referring to Robert the Bruce. That's a stretch that I'm attempting to make. Yeah. Th- yeah, th- they're, they're referring to Mel Gibson. You're like yeah. fucking Mr. Fantastic over here. Or, or Mrs. You know Incredible. Me? I'd rather be Mrs. Incredible. Anyway. <laughs> I thought uh, Chad was it's, trying it's, to say something. That's why I let that awkward pause out. Nah. It's it's my I time for general the, thoughts. The stretch, the stretch joke, like sit for a little bit. Um, okay. my general thoughts. Uh, I mean, uh, you guys said what I was. It's it's boring. It's important. It's like it's like capital G good, but like lowercase b bad. Uh, mm-hmm. like I don't want to watch it again. I probably wouldn't tell someone to watch it, but like it's it's fine. If, if it's somebody who's like trying to watch a lot of the best picture winners, I was like, well, okay, this well, is one you need to yeah, see. Watch it because yeah. it's an important, like it's right. important to our culture, but I don't like this movie. I don't think right. it's good. I mean, but like I said the same thing about Schindler's List, a movie that I feel like is important for like several reasons and is like, I understand that it's like really well made and there are a lot of great performances, but it's just really long and like really slow. See, that's it's a just movie slowly paced. But this is like... Go ahead. That's a movie that's way more important, um, partially yeah. because of how much attention Spielberg put to historical accuracy and like making the best movie he could to like reflect the Holocaust so that like people would never forget it and people would like fully understand and realize what it is. Uh, I mean, talking about the importance of historical accuracy, if you want to make like a really important movie, the only reason I think Braveheart is important is because culture decided it was important. Schindler's List is important like on its own uh, for like what it is. Um, Yeah. 
Like, if you want to understand film history, yeah, Braveheart's important for that. If you want to, like... But it's really only, like, five years of film history in which epics were big again. Right. It it holds cultural significance. That's kind of, you know, that's one of the goals in our show is to talk about, like, what was big at the time and whether it has stuck. Braveheart has stuck. Yeah, I mean, Braveheart, like, like, if you think about, like, this kind of movie, like, where people ride horses and swing swords, like... This kicked off like Gladiator and Lord of the Rings and that kind of stuff. Um, And even and then even like uh, I can't think of more examples, but there are like a a glutton, glutton, gluttony a lot. There's a lot of like sword and sandal action movies that happen around this time. Doesn't happen a whole lot anymore. No, it has been a while since we've had a grand epic. Um, I think I think that superhero movies have kind of taken that place a little bit. No, you're probably kind of. I'll be interested to see when the next epic happens. I mean, it seems like Dune has a pretty strong chance of being a space epic. I yeah. have a feeling that's going to be three hours long and feel like a Sword and Sandals movie a little bit. But um, People we'll call see. Star Wars an epic, which, wrong. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. I agree. I agree. Um, so now it's time to vote. I mean, I think it's uh, obvious. We all, uh, we, we all, we all like Before Sunrise better. Better than this, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think we'll, we can make it formal, and I think Before Sunrise is better than this. Yeah, we have to have the formal conversation. Sure. Uh, yeah, we we've spent the whole podcast talking about all the things that this movie did wrong. Before Sunrise didn't do any of these things wrong. Before Sunrise is better. <laughs> I think so. I am looking forward to our rankings of the movies. Uh, because I foresee this being at the bottom of the pile for me. I think yeah. I'm the only one who has seen the Razzie winner before. You have. Um, oh, oh yeah, we do are. that at the Razzie episode. Good. Yes, we don't I do was it now. nervous I didn't have that prepared when you brought <laughs> no, that up. We don't do it now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, um, Before Sunrise is better than this. Um, I will say I think Braveheart is more culturally significant. Um, sure. I think it has made a bigger and louder impact. You know, I mean, yeah, but that, there could be a lot of arguments about whether or not that means it's made a better impact. But um, I mean, that's just saying that it's more popular than like a small indie movie of 1995. Well, not necessarily, because small movies sometimes grow huge and become cult status by you know 20 years out like it is now yeah but, yeah, but that necessarily happen well before sunrise being like a, a cult thing is is different than being like culturally impactful mm-hmm. like as important as like a cult movie like donnie darko is people aren't trying to make the next donnie darko yeah in the same way that people are trying to make the next were trying to make the next braveheart yeah Right, 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 and yeah, that, that I mean, that's all I, uh, that I'm getting at is yeah. like, um, I don't know, um, yeah, no, it's 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 before sunrise. I don't I don't think I hate Braveheart as much as you guys do, but I don't you compare the two. I don't want to rewatch either one of them, um, so that metric is kind of gone for me. But if we're just looking at the quality of movie and the initial first watch, before sunrise definitely is much better. Yeah, I think it's like easy. I think I do hate Braveheart a lot more than both of you do. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't hate Braveheart by any means. I just like I don't necessarily like it either. It's just yeah. like 
it's fine. I'm very I'm very down the middle of it. Um, I think I'm just more annoyed that like people think it's great. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know if you can find someone who will super like stand for this movie anymore. Oh no, no, no one our age. I mean, uh, but, yeah, like, no, no one our age. But, but like, well, I, I just remember you... growing up and like everyone's dad thought it was the best movie ever, and probably still does. Yeah, so getting annoyed that people think things are good that isn't. Chad, are you trying to be me? Are you trying to live my life every day? <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know why you don't hate this movie more. Because it's fine. Because nobody is but yelling like, about so this all the time. I was in the theater Deadpool. today Deadpool's when the fine. Deadpool... No, it's no, I was in the theater today and the Deadpool 2 trailer came on and it, you would have thought like comedy got fucking invented in that theater. <laughs> I was losing my mind. Hey, why haven't um, we seen a sequel to The Invention of Lying? What's The Invention of Jokes? <laughs> I mean, for <laughs> real. Um, also, like, uh, sitting in that theater where... The, so, I, I went by myself today, and there were, like, two... The two guys you don't want Ready Player One to be for, but, like, could be it for... Is for them. It is for them. No, I would make the argument that the movie is not it, for them, but, but it makes it... the they think it's for them. the The movie is for a broad audience, it can and f- be for well, yeah, a broad audience including them, right? But but the the ownership, the toxic fanboys, that's definitely what these guys were. Um, based on some of their comments as trailers were happening and singing the song uh, that opens the movie and yelling Yikes. "Battle Toads" when Battle Toads. <laughs> appeared and shit like that it was horrific um but they were losing like they shit their pants when deadpool showed up in um the the trailer for deadpool that he's not a ready player one don't get excited that would be great if he was Um, I was, i was not excited but so the, the the production logos for Ready Player One start right, mm. and one dude looks over to his other dude. No bits. This isn't a bit that they do. This is a bit I would do to you guys. There was no joke here. He looked over to his friend and was like, "This is going to be epic," and I <laughs> died. I said bazinga, and I threw a puff of smoke and fucking disappeared. Was that the first word of this podcast? Was this is going to be epic? Yes, that's why I was losing my mind. <laughs> um, anyway, what are we talking about? Oh, We're Chad being annoyed that uh, Chad being annoyed that people like this. I mean, yeah. welcome to the world. Yeah. Like, there's going to be huge movies that I mean, people think Forrest Gump is a masterpiece. I mean, it's just agreed. It's, yeah, it's, like it's a crazy world. Some people think Titanic is a masterpiece, and they're right, but you boys don't think so, I don't think. We'll talk about it in two years. It's It's a mad, 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 mad world. It's another movie people think is a masterpiece. (laughs) That's that's true. (laughs) Um, I, I will make this promise now. I like Titanic, but I am holding to the promise. If a movie is longer than two and a half hours, there is going to be a segment of Cody's Cuts, Cody. regardless of whether or not I like the movie. Because every movie week. I like, yeah, every movie I like could be shorter. Yep. <laughs> That's the only way they would be better. Um, every movie should be shorter. Uh, agreed. But they build in these bathroom breaks. I guess. You know what movie? Well, we'll get to it in 99, maybe. Um, Iron Giant is the perfect length. Anyway. We should end this podcast. Um, Chad, where can people find you on the internet? I almost just ended uh, it. I almost forgot about this part. It's fine. You find me at Chad A. Oliver um, everywhere. Hey, Mark, where can they find you? 
You can find me at Wallington Mark on Twitter at Mark Zero Zero One Four on Letterboxd. Uh, the Chattanooga Film Fest just ended. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Done. Yesterday was the last day. Uh, I'm tired. Yeah. Uh, I'm t- like in the future, I will be tired, and I'm currently tired. So just that's my state of being. You can find me at Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter. You can find me on Letterboxd by just searching my name. Mm-hmm. I will pop up, as will a review for Jack Reacher that I did. For some reason, that's the only review that pops up, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, hey, Mark Wahlberg, where can, wait, we, uh, hey, where can people find you? Hold on. I haven't oh. plugged the show. Okay. You can find the show at WePipX on Twitter. Please follow us. I try and make good jokes over there. Um, and join the Best Pictures Facebook group. There's lots of discussions. You can talk about latest movies. You can talk about all sorts of random shit. Um, Chad posted in there the solution to the Die Hard water puzzle. Um, I still can't make heads or tails of it. Well, that's uh, make sure to you dumb. <laughs> I know. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. We don't ask for that very often, but uh, getting ratings on iTunes makes it easier for people to find us as well as reviews will tell people what you like about the show. Um, and tell your friends, please. Um, anyway, um, I think that's hey, it. Oh, uh, Mark Wahlberg, where can people find you on social media? Do you have anything you want to plug? What? M- Mark. What the fuck did that dude say? Mark. Huh? Marky Mark. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was in the other room. I was playing Battletoads. <laughs> Yo, Battletoads. Wait, did you guys see Ready, Ready Player One today? <laughs> I mean, fuck yeah, dude. Like, it's got references, bro. Okay, okay. okay. There's a bat logo in one scene. You think I'm going to fucking miss the bat logo every time it appears on screen? Fuck no. Um, so you should know we, we decided on uh, Before Sunrise that it's pro- it's probably a better movie than... Uh, oh, Ray he's going to be pissed. He's going to be so mad. Fuck you guys. I, I, I could tell from looking at both of you glasses, bearded dweebs that you were going to pick some sappy-ass movie. I don't give a shit. Honestly... You, you, Honestly, Mark, the reason I wear glasses is so no one, no one gouges my eyes out. Okay, I don't know second, what you're making a reference to. That's the second reference you've made to gouging eyes out. Did Mark Wahlberg gouge someone's eyes out? Or Mark, almost. Mark Wahlberg almost. famously okay. gouged a Vietnamese almost. Man, man's eyes out. I guess the not key famously word enough. I never heard of it. <laughs> it should be famous. is almost. Okay? Yeah. And if people want to find me, they just need to watch their fucking backs is all I can say if they start talking shit. Like Mark Watlington does, or they can to find be, me out. To be hey, clear, hey, 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 I'm, hey, I'm hey, trying hey, to offend hey, you here. Hey, 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 hey! It's not bitch o'clock, so shut your mouth. <laughs> Sorry. If you want to find me, different time zone here. Is, if if you want to find, hey, Chad, it's not Chad be a bitch o'clock either, uh, is it? Uh, no, nope, it's not. nope. Mark so shut Mark. your damn mouth. I'm trying to Man. tell people where to find me. You can find me at your local Wahlburgers. <laughs> if you say my name three times, I'll appear and I'll hand you a very delicious burger. All right, peace out, bitches. Damn, he's so loud. I yeah, just want to be clear that Mark Wahlberg's side of the story is that the man was already blind before he beat him up. So, I just I'm not gonna I wasn't gonna bring it up. Like I, you know, I'm I like not gonna to talk I like to, to him speak, about that stuff. Speak truth to power. So, I mean, I just wanted to kind of dive into Daddy's Home Three some more about him. I really wanted to know what was happening with that. But you, you should have asked. I wanted to so ask him about Ted Three. That was gonna uh, happen. Ooh, don't soon. bring that up. He's not happy. He gets mm. real pissed because of. Okay, I'm trying to whisper it so he doesn't hear me, but. Like, because of, you know, Paddington 
and like oh, Winnie yeah. the Pooh is coming yeah. out, and those are both like people like those bears, and right. they think Ted's a piece of shit asshole. Speaking and of those movies, aren't funny, but like, so, so, so he's kind of like mad at the whole bear situation right. right now. So if you bring up Ted three, he's like, well, you know, Paddington three is gonna happen, but I can't fucking get Ted three off the ground. But just don't bring it up, okay? We should just end okay. the podcast you, now. You're the one speaking who's pissed off. Yeah, speaking just, of influential movies, though, Ted really like set the standard for bear movies. Except it set the bad standard. Well, um, but it set the CGI standard. Don't say bad standard. He's still here. No, I mean, he's he's super far away. He's munching on a burger, so we just need to end it. Chad, I need to know, what is the best picture of 1995? It's before sunrise, obviously. Mark, what's the best movie of 1995? It's before sunrise. Hey, Cody. Um, <clears throat> What's the best picture of 1995? The, the, the best picture of 1995 is uh, Hey, it's before sunrise. We just need to end the show. Oh, um, oh, okay. Right. You wanted Mark so, to hear yeah, it. Yeah, he needed to hear it. So um, um, remember, everyone, um, like we say every episode, freedom! On the next episode of Best Pictures, we are talking about what won the Razzie for 1995, but has now kind of been considered a classic by some people, so it'll be fun. It is the motion picture Showgirls. Um, as of now, it's available to stream on Vudu for free oh, with whoa, ads. I don't like that. My mom told me to like stay v- away U- from witchcraft and Vudu and all that stuff. V-U-D-U. I don't care uh, what... Your kink okay. is. I'm not getting into voodoo. All right, let me finish, Kanye. You basically can stream it on voodoo with ads and basically nowhere else. It's a pretty hard movie to find. You can't uh, rent it on Amazon or iTunes. Don't really know why. It's available to purchase the DVD and Blu-ray on Amazon. However, there are other ways. We don't condone them. We're not going to acknowledge them, but do what you think is best. Watch Showgirls. dun 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 do you think it's a circus movie, Chad? Does Chad think it's a circus movie? Chad thinks it's a circus movie. Well, now he's doing Pirates of the Caribbean. That was what I was doing the whole fucking time, you fucking Oh, pirates. Piece of shit, fucking bitch. Is Mark Wahlberg back?